Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 219 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, I'm coming to you solo tonight um, for um, the Suns versus the Kings preseason, the third preseason game. Uh, Fong was not available to watch the game, so decided to just give him the night off. He probably will be in part two, um, but he won't be. You won't be hearing his voice uh, talking about the game because I assume he didn't watch it. Since uh, you know, we, we, basically he was busy uh, and just, just can't just couldn't watch it. So he's gonna get the night off. And uh, yeah, I'll be come. I'll be reviewing the game by myself. So I guess he's an unfortunate man because oh, it was an ugly, ugly game for the most part. This was this was not fun to watch for much of the game. The reason why it was. It basically the Kings couldn't shoot worth it with a damn, and uh, it like they couldn't make any shots, they were sloppy with the ball, um, they couldn't make free throws like 10 was it 10 19 for 29, yeah, missing 10 free throws for no reason, and just it wasn't it was just not a pretty game. And then the defense was just really is really subpar, I'll just describe it that way. And yeah, that could that normally could be okay, like you just have these kinds of games and. But this was against the third unit of the Suns. You know, the Suns played Dwayne Washington 39 minutes because they only had 10 guys available. Like, here are the guys that were missing for the Suns. Let's see. Do I have the list here? I thought I had the list. God damn it. Okay, okay. So so Booker was out. Paul was out. Bridges was out. Cam Johnson, Landry Shamit, Cameron Payne, and DeAndre Aiden. And there might even be more. I'm not even on their... I'm not even on their injuries list, but those were just the guys on the bench that just weren't playing. And it's it's a bit disappointing, to say the least, because you come in like you you think that the Kings had kind of shaken the what I call the ghost of Kang's past off of them, where, you know, like the Kings play really they'll like they'll play very well against a tough team, let's just say. Um maybe they win, maybe they don't. That gives you some hope. Like, the Kings have turned the corner. They've finally kind of figured it out. And then they come back and lose, and pretty much, like, usually either struggle really hard or straight up lose to a team that is depleted with injuries. Like, a good example last year, the second game against the Hornets. Like, they had, I think, just basically four out of five starters out, and the Kings ended up losing that game because, for whatever reason, they just decided not to play defense. It just felt like they took the opponent lightly, and just didn't bring their A game. And this was exactly that. Like, although there are, like, different things about it, it doesn't, it didn't feel like the Kings didn't give a shit. Like, that's the the most frustrating type of game where you just feel guys don't give a shit. They gave a shit, but they were just sloppy. Um, Just, you know, the beautiful ball movement that we saw in the Portland game. In this game, the, the passes just weren't there. Or they were there, but they kept getting tipped by the uh, Suns, and it led to a lot of turnovers. The Kings ended up with, what, 24 turnovers this game? No, 23. Huh. That's actually less than, I, than I've than i read. But, like, at the same time, just they had, I believe, seven turnovers in the first two games, and then they just explode here with 24. I think they had 12 or 13 in the first half, and it was just ugly. Like, the, the p- passes just weren't accurate. They were fumbling the ball, and, like, it just... And, you know, compound, compound, ab, compound that with just not making shots, missing a lot of layups. It just was a very, very ugly game. However, 
unlike the Kings, unlike the Kings pass, they don't just straight up blow the game. They actually manage to come back. They, in the second quarter, at the end of the second quarter, De'Aaron Fox starts to wake up, scores eight really quick points, and gets the team going. And then in the third quarter, they kind of pick up on that, and they ultimately end the quarter pulling away. Like the lead was as big as fourteen at one point. But they were able to, you know, pull away towards the end of the third, going up 10 at one point and uh, going into the fourth quarter with seven or leading by seven. And that's kind of when this was that's when the third unit started slowly checking in. I think Sam Merrill and, uh, and Kata checked in first. And then it was Chima Moneki, my guy Chima Moneki. Um, so this is kind of what I guess the positives of the game. Like, I don't want to dwell too much on the negatives. But, like, I just think, you know, the Kings never should have been in this position in the first place. Just, again, you were playing against a third unit who, by the way, they were they were only they only played 10 guys. Like, that's pretty incredible for a preseason game just because they were so shorthanded. They need to bring their A game all the time. You can't go around underestimating the game. You, Jason Jones, like, always brings it up. Like, you know, we didn't we didn't come in with our A. I forgot what the quote was. It was something. It was. They don't stand and say it that way, but they basically said they underestimated their opponent. And it's you're the Kings. Like, this is a better team, but you cannot, you are not allowed to underestimate anyone because you are a rat team. You are a team that has missed the playoffs for 16 straight years. You've been ass for the most part for the past few years. Like, this is on you. You're you're not in, in any position to be talking shit to anyone at this point. Like you need to bring your, you need to bring your game. You like you need to your head needs to be in the game like right from the start. And they just it just wasn't that. Like they just didn't they just didn't bring that at first. But they were ultimately able to pick themselves up and you know finally get something going, and ultimately do kind do start to pull away uh, up until like the third unit checks in. But you know you know what give them credit give credit where it's due. They managed to they managed to take care of business and ultimately win this game. Now, let's talk about the third unit. Uh, I really actually enjoyed watching the third unit because, like, there were guys in there that I wanted to play last game that didn't weren't able to, and they showed some stuff. So let's start. Let's start with this. This guy, I've, I've been hearing a lot about him, Keon Ellis. Like, you know, I did not like him in Summer League. Like, to be fair, I'll, I'll be completely honest here. I watched this. I didn't really pay attention that much to his defense. It just wasn't enough for me to really... There wasn't anyone like high profile that he quote unquote shut down. And so, and then the offense is just like Keon's offense. He's, it's, he's very buddy heel-esque. Like as soon as he dribbles the ball, I'm scared, but like, he's a good shooter. And like, as long as you can kind of keep him to just, you know, shooting threes and just spotting up, he's good. As soon as he puts the ball on the ground, I don't love it at all. But in this game, we had a lot of issues with a guy by the name of Dwayne Washington. Now, Dwayne Washington, I believe, is from Indiana. He got waived in the uh, DeAndre Ayton uh, sign and sign, uh, signing the uh, what's it called the offer sheet thing, and like there was some interest. I heard like at least from King's Twitter, like say they should sign him, but he is ultimately a small point guard who just I just kept thinking he was Ricky Rubio because Ricky Rubio had a man bun at one point. And like he has a beard, so like it's they just kind of end up looking alike, even though you know um, Dwayne has like dreads, but like it looks like a man. But anyways, Dwayne Washington Jr. was lighting the team up. Like De'Aaron had like very little hope against them. They put Kevin Herter on him; he didn't have any success on him. And you know, to be fair, 
by the end of the fourth quarter, he was probably gassed. The man plays 39 minutes in a preseason game. Like, he had absolutely zero success against Keon. I don't think he scored once on Keon, but again, he was probably gassed, like, gassed. But, like, what Keon did to him was just that, that he is a legit stopper. He's proven that now, to me, to me anyway. Like, he had a pick six. Well, not a pick six, but, like, he literally just ripped him at half court at one point. And then anytime he tried to attack, he couldn't get anything to the point where Dwayne just stopped attacking him at all. And, you know, like, and then they would have to get a switch on him. But, yeah, Keon Ellis, legit defensive stopper. I'm willing to admit it now. I don't I don't know how much he's going to play this season. But, you know, if the Kings need some sort of bulldog, like, just to guard ones. I mean, granted, they have Davion for that. We'll get to him in a little bit. But, like, if they, like, need just an extra stopper on the floor, they got they got another option now. Like, you know, uh, what's his name? Casey Apollo, weirdly enough, did not play this game. But, like, you know, if, if these guys stay on the roster, like, they're going to be legit stoppers you can play if you just need a little defensive boost. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. He absolutely lit up the team. And it's the kind of the thing where I really feel there should be consideration at some point to start Davion next to Fox. Now, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but like to see Dwayne just absolutely destroy the Kings for much of the game, like 31 points on what, 10 of 10 of 19 shooting, and then yeah, 11 free throws. This is the point where, you know, you have a small, you have like a, you know, one of those scoring cards going off. This is where you put him Davion, right? But Davion's coming off the bench. And, like, by the time he checks in, it's already time for, like, Dwayne to go to the bench. Like, either Davion needs some more minutes in a game like this just to shut him down. Because, like, you know, Fox has, I thought, been okay for the most part on defense. He was really good against Dame. Another one of those things where, like, he gets up for certain games and then for certain games he doesn't. But, like, I just wish, you know, he would play better defense sometimes. Because like he wasn't doing it this game at all, and uh, it just it really did it really did hurt the Kings for a lot. And you know this is where you put on Davion, you put in a guy like hell Keon Ellis, and you can slow down a guy like Dwayne like Dwayne Washington. It's just that that's just my thought. It probably won't happen, but you know it, it's an interesting. Like at least the Kings actually have stoppers that you can kind of trust. I think right now, and again, weirdly enough, Casey Apollo just straight up didn't play this game. Like, why not try Casey Apollo on him, if anything? But that, that I guess it's just one of those games where they just want to test out what they have in, the, in like, Trey Lowe's in the starting lineup. And, yeah, um, but ultimately, I think, yeah, Keon Ellis, legit stopper. I don't trust him to guard wings. He's, I don't know, look, I don't know how much he weighs right now, but I remember in college, he weighed, like, 160 pounds. He's way too damn skinny. He's way too damn skinny to guard wings. But, like, against point guards, he's... That, he's got something. He's a real stopper. As it says, he's listed at one seventy-five. Yeah, that, that's still not, not enough. He needs more. Um, okay. All right. So I talked about him last episode. Chima Moneki. Now he's basically gone on a an, on a media 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 tour. Just go, just like appearing basically in a lot of places in like Sacramento radio. He's appeared on like you know on Fox Forty. You know, he's just he's really feeling the vibes of, of the team of the team. Like he's really taking Sacramento, like he's taking his vibes and just kind of embraced it. And he he seems like an awesome guy for the most part. And you know, I wish he, it's I I was actually kind of disappointed he was in the fourth unit basically, like not even the third, like he was in the fourth unit. 
um, and just didn't really get a lot of playing time. He didn't get any playing time in the uh, Portland game, which I was very disappointed by. Wanted to see what he had. Now, he managed to get some run in the fourth quarter when, again, when the third unit checked in. Now, ultimately, he still made, he's not like a world beater by any means, but he definitely had a lot of positives. Like, the main thing I noticed about him, he's a, he is not like, I don't want to, look, I don't want to compare him to Draymond, but like he, Monik, Chima just feels like he's in the right spots at all times, it feels like. It just feels like he was like really close, just making a play out of something. Um, he was just on, on the ball for some reason. He was just out there making plays is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. And then he was also like early in hell position, just like caused, I think like at least three turnovers. I don't know how many steals he ended up getting credited with. Let's check real quick. He was credited with two steals, but he really had like, he really just was in the right position to make a play and to, you know, to, um, just help his teammates in some way and just create havoc out there on defense. Offensively, he really didn't show anything. He made a few layups. That's about it. I don't know what to take away from that. He you know, does, did not really show a shooting touch or anything. Didn't even shoot a three. I don't think he's shot one yet. And But on defense, there's a lot to like. Now, he's not perfect by any means. Like People are saying just to cut Metsu for him. I'm not willing to go that far, but I really, really like Shima. He's he's got a lot of potential, and you know, like not not to not to completely overreact, but like one of the big things that the Warriors did last year was they you know instead of going with the vet in Avery Bradley, they decided to take a chance on at a uh, Gary Payton second, and that worked out real well for them. Now I'm not saying it's the perfect comparison, but like. If you need to cut base, if base just isn't looking great in practice and Chima is, although like judging from the playing time, it looks like Chima isn't looking great in practice. Like if Chima is shown something, I would take a chance on Chima. And like, you know, if you have to cut base, I would cut base, but I would find a way to cut or to um, keep Chima. He's got, I think he's got some potential there and I want to see what this can turn into. Um, Quinn Cook. Now he didn't get to play last game and, uh, James Ham had mentioned he looked a little bit heavy, just looked like he wasn't exactly ready to play. But in this game, like he he was he he was good. He is a bucket getter. Now I'm not like he is an he can definitely initiate the offense. He has really good shooting touch. He, as mentioned, can get buckets and he can really really shoot. He's a good shooter. You can tell by just how like just the way he shoots and the way he can make shots. Like he's got the shooting touch. I don't know about him as a facilitator for the offense, but he can definitely initiate offense, and that's intriguing to me. I don't know if, um, what's his face, uh, Matthew Delavadova can actually initiate offense because he is not a threat to score at all, really. Like, I don't know if he's going to be better than Delhi because Delhi seems like he's a, a better assist guy, like a better facilitator, but if you can't initiate offense, I don't know if you can really do much like on offense. And that's the thing I'm worried about Delhi. Quinn Cook, however, has no real defensive ability, really. And like, he's, he's a small, he's not really, he can't really pressure the ball, but like the offense is really intriguing. And I do wonder which, uh, which guy, um, Mike Brown's going to keep. Like if, I mean, there's a chance both of them could be cut, but like both of them bring something to the, something to the team. And yeah, it'll be interesting who they decide to keep. If they decide to keep both, that's actually interesting. Uh, I don't know about that because I, I do want to keep like a wing size guy. 
and uh, that's going to be Baze or Chima and KZ. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. But Quinn Cook, like, he was he was big down the stretch. Again, like the primary initiator down the stretch and made some really big buckets down the end to kind of kind of pull, you know, get, get the game far enough to the point where they were able to survive towards the end. Um, Kata is the last uh, guy that I have positives about. He didn't really stand out at all to me. Like he, but the main thing that I noticed, he's really, really good in drop coverage. Now, just seeing how like the Kings got kind of destroyed in the pick and roll today by Dwayne Washington, like Kata has a special ability just with his incredible size and length that he is the one guy in drop coverage that can like effectively you know, slow the ball handler down and also like cover his man. And that is going to be really interesting going forward. He's probably still not ready. Like, you know, I always hear um, James Ham talk about his body and how it's not ready. And you can kind of tell by just like how he seems to fling his limbs around a little bit too much. Like the way like he, he just lets his arms hang and just kind of swing around a little bit too much. And then the way he kind of hops around is also weird or like off his legs. Like, it just seems like he's constantly, like, almost dragging his body to a certain degree. And he's going to need a little bit more body work. But, like, he is so interesting to me because he's got a lot of defensive potential. And then the offensive stuff, we'll have to see how that turns out. But I like his defensive ability, man. And the defensive potential. And then also just, yeah, everything he, like, the flashes of offense that he that he showed. Although he didn't show any of it to here. But he could really be kind of the big man of the future at least like off the bench for the kings just you know a guy that can you know you can run him as a mini sabonis like he didn't again didn't show didn't show this game but like he can he can pass and just like the defensive the defensive bit like the defensive ability that he offers i don't want to say versatility i don't think he can guard space all that well but he's so big there's just so much potential with him and We'll see what he what he turns into, but as of now, like he's he's more intriguing than he is really anything. But the the splashes he's shown, I really like what I see. Okay, well that covers um, all I have for the game. Ultimately, like the, again, this is preseason, no need to really overreact. But it's not great to see the Kings struggle against the third unit when they were basically at full strength. I didn't mention uh, Keegan Murray did not play this game. It would have been interesting had he played just because do, do the Kings just like with his steady scoring with his steady production, like let's just say he, he like he checks in and he ch- hits like two threes. Does that kind of, does that kind of lift the burden of the Kings off of the Kings? Like it does show like Keegan, Keegan could be really important to this team. And, you know, it's, it's nothing, as far as we know, nothing legitimate, like, le- like legitimately concerning. It just seems like, yeah, he, he was just sick, like he had a cold or something. But this game really kind of shows, like, where he can kind of contribute. Like, the, is he just that steady presence that can actually calm everyone's nerves and get everyone back on track? What's we'll to see, like, next game? But, you know, it was definitely a gaping hole without him in this game. And we'll see, we'll see what happens. Let's hope, let's hope he plays, because, uh, you know he's going to be playing against the Lakers, and that's going to be that's going to be tons of fun. So, all right, all right, Bong is now here. Surprise! Hello, hello. hello. Okay, uh, we will talk about House of the Dragon, but uh, we are actually recording this uh, day after because Bong is now finally available, and we can only talk about House of the Dragon when both of us are here. There's no real point in talking to myself. But before we even get to that. 
Uh, I like to actually, I forgot to mention it yesterday or before the commercial break. Shout out to G-Man for doing the broadcast by himself. I was, a, I was able to do the first part of the uh, episode solo for about 18 minutes. G-Man did that show for two and a half hours. Yeah, that's crazy. So wait, the regular broadcast just uh, all of a sudden just let G-Man do his thing? Well, so I watched the Kings, uh, the one that was on Kings.com or NBA.com slash Kings. Ah, okay. And that was all G-Man. Granted, the stream itself was a bit finicky. I didn't love that. Although I don't think the other options uh, were any better. But yeah, I mean, G-Man carried that entire broadcast the entire time. So shout out to him. Okay. I wonder, is, is the broadcast the same as um, NBC or NBA it, League Pass? I don't think so because I don't remember ever hearing him on uh, League Pass. I don't think. I wonder. I wonder if he has his own broadcast for this specific like streaming. I do wonder. I, I definitely would. I definitely would love him to announce games. Like, yeah, shout out to him. Like, you know, he's a treasure that Sacramento does not deserve. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, hopefully we'll see him once in a while, maybe in the broadcast uh, sometime in the season. Okay. Um. So because it, this we're recording this a day later, some stuff has happened. Uh, uh, Kim Bazemore and Quinn Cook have now been waived, and in their place, uh, the Kings signed Wes Iwandu and Jordan Ford, as reported by Jason Anderson just about an hour ago. Oh, that's that's interesting because what you call it? Well, we didn't see too much Baze or uh, Cook anyway in the games, but. Unsurprised, uh, we signed uh, two guys that we haven't seen play in, uh, you know, I guess the preseason so far. Uh, yeah, I don't think they've played. They might have been waived like earlier, but I don't expect these two to be anything. I'd rather just focus on, I mean, you know, shout out to, uh, I think, Jordan Ford. I think he's from Folsom or Florin High. Let me look up the tweet. I should have had it up. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so he's he used to be from Folsom High. So, you know, lo- local guy, Jordan Ford. Shout out to him. Uh, Wesley Wandu, not going to pretend I know anything about him. I, I don't. I've heard the name, but I don't know what he does. So I don't I don't think two of these two guys will make the team. Uh, they're just, I guess, they're just going to, Kings are just going to try him out at a uh, practice and see what happens. But, you know, sad to see Bays go. Bays, like I felt, could have been kind of like a vocal leader in the locker room. But, like, on the court, like, he showed a little bit of something. But, you know, he's a streaky shooter at best. And, like, I'm guessing, like, he just did not show enough in practice. Yeah, hopefully someone else or some other team will pick him up. But he is getting up there in age, I think. He's probably, wait, what, almost? I imagine mid-30s. Imagine mid-30s. I want to say just over 32, maybe. I'm not sure, actually. So he's 33. 33, so maybe he's still got something left, but, you know, I, I don't know what team could use him. Uh, you know, if any team needs a wing, like, you know, call, hit him up. Uh, Quinn Cook, uh, he did play uh, last game and was pretty good. Uh, like, he was, he definitely can get buckets. He's got a good shooting touch, but ultimately, I don't know what his role will be on this team. Although I could have seen him be a good initiator of the offense. I don't know if there was really a need for that, if that makes any sense. Mm, I see. Like, I mean, like you said, they're probably most likely going to be the third or fourth option off the bench, and we'll never ever see play not beyond wood that we don't get any major injuries throughout the board. But yeah, it's sad to see him go, and hopefully, he also gets some sort of offer elsewhere. I guess I think he's going to go straight to Stockton. 
I forgot oh. how it specifically works, but this Kings hold his rights or something along those lines. I think he ends up in Stockton. I think. Oh, okay. At least he has some sort of contract, I guess, in the G League. Yeah. So you you know well you know sad to see these guys go, but it does open open the door for you know the the Kings Twitter's new favorite guy Chima Modeki. He showed something, and now there's a better chance of him making the roster. Mm, that's right. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, Andy Hoops uh, posted a Keegan Murray video yesterday. It's pretty good. The main thing I'm look that I really liked it was that he talked about a lot about his past and about how you know he was unheralded like as a high school star. Ended up actually um, basically doing a fifth year in high school before I think he transferred then to Iowa, right? Yeah, that's correct. So I guess technically he didn't go to straight into freshman year in Iowa. He went straight into, I guess, you could consider it his sophomore year, I guess. Um, if, if, if that's what I'm trying to get at. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, I think I know what you mean because, like, he is 22. He is on the he is on the much older side of rookies. So, like, I imagine like he stayed a while in college, but no, he just took took a, took a fifth year high school and. You know, during I'm guessing his 20, 20, the, his 20 year old um, season, he spent as a freshman in uh, in Iowa. Yeah, I mean, I guess nowadays, you know, most public schools don't really have a great, you know, basketball program. Like he has, what, what was it, Prairie, Prairie High School? I don't remember the name, but yeah, like the the like the the crazy stuff that you have to do. Um, sorry, I had to walk away from my mic. That's why my <laughs> my uh, voice went away. But uh, like like the crazy stuff you have to do to prepare nowadays, like to get into the NBA, it is it is crazy. And like the fact that you have to like move all over the place. Like I'm someone who didn't move that much during my life, my youth. And yeah, I, I don't I don't want to imagine what it's like having to move from school to school. I think Anthony Davis, I believe if I've read it something correctly, like for the longest time during his senior year was like on a public high school and mm-hmm. like just did, did not get offers up until his senior year, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. Mm, it's not right. I thought uh, he was one of the ones that kind of flourished in the uh, senior year as well, though. Well, like they didn't know about him before that. Yeah. is what i mean like no yeah. like there are you if you hear the stories like usually like they get they get noticed like way before like college um like there's a lot of like high school film a u a u film and stuff like that mm-hmm. oh yeah so yeah but, oh. go ahead sorry oh yeah but for keegan yeah it's great to see that him and his brother actually got an offer to iowa which you know uh, people at first were, you know, a little skeptical because his father also played for Iowa and they died was, oh, I guess uh, he they only got in just because of his father. But no, they showed their skill and uh, they proved to uh, our fans that, you know, he can ball out. Yeah, um, definitely like the, the family connection helped. I, and like they talked about like you know at this camp like Keegan really really showed out and you know that's kind of what got him in but it's always you're always going to have that it, I, I don't, I don't want to say chip on the shoulder you're always going to have like people look at you like sideways when you know your dad is used to go to the school and now you go to the school because of your dad which you know is kind of a half truth but like 
you know, people are going to look at you that way. And he was able to play through it. He proved that he, he belonged on that floor. Yeah. Now we have to see how his brother does, I guess. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Kings get him next year. You never know. Yeah. Never know. <laughs> okay. Uh, let, let's move on to the next topic. So uh, the Draymond situation has somewhat resolved itself. So there will be no suspension. For him, he will play uh, actually tomorrow in pre- his their last preseason game, and also he's going to be there on rain night. Any thoughts on the no suspension? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I'm more concerned about the chemistry between the team, I guess, at the moment. And it seems like if he's going to play, the chemistry is fine for the most part. So I'm going to say. <laughs> It doesn't it doesn't matter to a certain point, but you know it's kind of weird how they kind of swept it away. You know, I guess in this sort of way. Look, I, I get it. He probably he definitely should be suspended, and like you know, by the logic of just NBA punishments, he definitely should what be a you know uh, be suspended at least like eight games, at least five. I'll just say. Just because mm-hmm. like, you not you literally punched a, you knocked out a teammate in practice and like whatever like I had to make the joke like what the hell did Jordan Poole say? Ain't none he said would have ever led to that or should have ever led to that. Like and also you know think about this. Draymond is a grown ass man. You're yeah. 32 at this point. Like what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like ultimately like I'll I'll defend him a little bit as like Jordan Poole must have said some out of pocket shit. But at the same time, you are you're a grown ass man. You shouldn't be doing that. He should he definitely should be suspended. But what I didn't feel a lot of people talked about enough is how does Jordan Poole feel about this? And for the longest time, he really didn't talk about it at all. But before this announcement came out, um, or after this announcement came out, um, there was basically a reporting of a, a meeting between uh, Draymond and Jordan Poole, and they hashed things out, and everything's cool. So if Jordan Poole's cool with it, I guess we should be okay with it too. Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, I guess it's kind of too late for uh, some sort of punishment for Draymond since, uh, you know, I guess everything's been smoothed out. Uh, let's just say anything else with Draymond, he's gone. He's gone, I think. <laughs> yeah, I doubt he's going to pull something after this. Yeah, he's going to be on his better behavior at a, like at this point. Do you think do you think Draymond stays? So Draymond has a player option for next year. Do you think he stays on the Warriors? I'm gonna assume so. Like, what is the player option? It's gonna be a lot of money. It's, it's like 30 something billion. Yeah, he's he's staying. <laughs> There's no way he's gonna leave. Well, let's just say he does leave. What do you think? What team do you think he fits on? I mean, since you mentioned and we talked about this off air about you know other potential teams. Um I swear to God, if you say the Lakers. <laughs> were you yeah, gonna say the lakers no okay <laughs> no like th- there's really not many other teams that can fit draymond in like how the warriors do so at the moment i i really can't see a spot for him in terms of like his ability that he can provide the warriors and i guess can provide elsewhere so uh, it's hard to say to be honest like I just thought this up just now. If they can somehow work out a sign and trade of some sort, if things don't work out in Brooklyn, 
now now you may have a ready well replacement in Ben Simmons. <laughs> if they can somehow work out a sign and trade, although like the money's gonna be mm-hmm. tricky. But like Draymond, well, then again, I, I don't know. He like what uh, Draymond is due to fall off at some point, and it's gonna be a sharp drop off. I here's that's the other part of like just him not fitting on teams. He's also like 32 and he's a old 32. Like he's mm-hmm. gonna drop off real quick at some point. And yeah, I just don't see any other team that want him. Like they were people were saying the Lakers, look, he can't play next to LeBron. Like it's not <laughs> happening with Russ. Now, granted, Draymond plays defense. You know, you know what Russ doesn't do well either. That's causing a lot of issues. Doesn't shoot. And Draymond can't shoot. It, it's not gonna work. So don't, don't think about the Lakers. Um, ultimately, I think this is gonna blow over, but they start losing for whatever reason. That's when things can get a bit ugly on the Warriors. Mm, I guess we'll see. Um in terms of the Draymond stuff, I don't know. You think he should retire early at this point? Or do you think he will have a few more years left in him after you know the player option? I don't know, actually. No, that's actually really hard to predict. Um I think he sticks it out for a bit as long, until Steph retires, probably. Because mm-hmm. like his, I mean, his career is very much like, you know, he talks shit about everybody. Doesn't talk shit about Steph. He knows what he knows what Steph is to him, and Steph knows too. And that's kind of why they put up with him for the most part. Uh, or I, I mean, that the Warriors put up with uh, Draymond. So like, I think as long as Steph is playing, I think he'll stick around. I I don't know how much he's willing to swallow his own ego. Like, who knows by the end of the season? Like, we thought at the beginning of last season, the DeAndre not getting his extension, it was going to be fine. They were going to make the finals. They could have won a championship. And, and you know, at, at certain point, who cares, right? Mm-hmm. And then they lost in the semifinals, and that shit boiled over. So what yeah. I'm trying to say is that let's see in the playoffs. Let's see if they, you know, bowed out in the – in the Western Conference Finals or earlier, or like if they lose in the finals, then things get ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be honest, after this player option, I wouldn't be surprised if Draymond accepts like a, a media personnel, uh, you know, for maybe ESPN or NBA. Oh, well, he'll be on TNT. I think they actually have a contract together, I think. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, okay. He, he, he's already preparing for it. And, I don't know. I don't love him on TNT. It's there's a it's too serious, if you will. So I, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we shall see. Okay. Uh moving on to another kind of controversy that has kind of swept the entire internet. Russ not being in the huddle. Hmm. Not looking good. Potential trades going to go down for him. I don't think so. I think it's going to be later in the season when, like, you know, his contract is a little easier to swallow. Um, look, I actually think it's a little bit overblown. Like, both videos. Did you see both videos or did you just see one of them? Uh, are you, well, I remember. So, when, so there's the Pat Bev one. Yeah, the Pat and then Bev there, one. And then there's one in the introductions where he's really far away from the team. Yeah, and he already has his, like, whole outfit ready for playing the game. So look, look, the first one, the, the one with Pat Bev getting the huddle together, like I'll defend Russ a little bit. He probably just, he was the one who fouled Jane McDaniels and like, he was probably mad at himself for it. So he kind of tuned everyone out for him for a second. Granted, it doesn't look good when like Anthony Davis and LeBron get into the huddle. 
another thing with that one is Pat Bev is doing a lot of theater. Like, let's be honest. There's a lot of theater with him where he's like, come on, come on, guys. Let, let's get together. Team. One, two, three, team. It's going to get real old real soon. Because, like, let's be honest, it's not the leader of this team. That leadership stuff ain't going to work. I'm sorry. It ain't going to work like with LeBron. Ain't It's probably not going to work with Russ. It might work on AD, but like that shit doesn't matter. That's that's for the cameras. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, with Russ there, I don't know. Wouldn't you feel the same way for, uh, if uh, he wasn't able to do any of that stuff or even huddle with your own team? I mean, it's not a great look, but again, it is Pat Bev. At, at the same time, what what was he going to say? Probably yell at Russ, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's going to go over well. Look, my point is, I think I think people are jumping on Russ kind of for a little bit too much now because he's a target, much like how a lot of people jump on the Kings for being shit. Mm-hmm. Like even when they make like a regular ass, just a regular ass move, they'll get rare criticism for it. Um, so, and then the second clip of him being far away from the team. So that's actually something he does often. He's doing, he's done this all the way in OKC where, you know, he's actually in the intro. Like if you actually watch the full broadcast, you know, he gets introduced, you know, he kind of huddle, he kind of huddles for a little bit, but then he goes to the other side to get ready. This is something he does often. So this is literally just the internet making something out of nothing. Mm, I see. So, yeah. So yeah, I've, I've never seen it him do that. To be honest, this is the first for me. So at the so at this point, like with everyone jumping on Russ, look, I feel a little bit obligated to push back a little bit. Like at a certain point, we're just bullying a dude, and again, Pat Bev likes to instigate. There, there's a little bit of that. Like let, let, let's be honest with that one. I don't know. I feel like it's like he said it's not a good look for the team and especially pat bev if he's still you know gonna be like pat bev to westbrook in a way if you know what i mean well like he's not gonna do that stuff is the my my, the point is like oh he's not like a part of the team look that's not that's not a secret he wants out they Mm -hmm. just can't find us they just don't want to trade two draft picks to get rid of him right now and he's just he's doing he's doing his job for the most part and like again, we're piling, we're we're punching down on a guy right now who, who's down on his luck, and I, I honestly don't like it all that much. Oh yeah, well, hopefully Westbrook finds a place somewhere, whether it's still in the Lakers. Oh, I hope he stays on the Lakers. I hope they, I hope the Lakers suffer, and honestly, LeBron suffers for this bad decision. This is this <laughs> on you, LeBron. This on you. They they had something for Buddy Heel, and you decide to go Russ. Go get me Russ. And now you're stuck trading for Buddy Heald again. Yeah, that's that's a crazy loop loop. So yeah, uh, this this is on you, LeBron. Like you you ruined your own legacy. Well, no, his his legacy is bulletproof at this, at this point, but you know, I'm just saying, you you done fucked up. This is on you. You you brought this, and you know, let's see if you can get out of it. Because it doesn't look like you can't. And uh, by the way, Rob Linger got a contract extension. Good fucking luck, Laker fans. <laughs> Good fucking luck. Uh, I, I do hope the best for Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham seems like a cool dude. Yeah, we'll see. This uh, this season for the Lakers still seems pretty, um, I guess, interesting to watch, if you know what I mean. It's a bit on the sketchy end, for sure. I just, yeah. It's just like 
I mean, well, they shouldn't go for the one Wembenyama sweepstakes because I think New Orleans owns their pick, if I remember right. I don't remember. But oh, for next draft. I don't know what their situation is, but yeah. Um, again, like you had Buddy Hill like uh, there, and even if Buddy didn't work out, he would have been a lot easier to trade than Russ. So yeah, have fun, guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, uh, last basketball thing we're going to go over, um, you know, former King, Marvin Bagley. Uh, he le- So he basically took a weird step and basically, you know, suffered a knee injury. So apparently it's a bone bruise and MCL sprain, and he will be out three to four weeks. So we hear, you know, like Marvin had a bit of a tumultuous end, a bit of a, bit of a wet fart of an end uh, in his King's tenure. But, you know, a former king, once a king, always a king. And we really wish, you know, uh, Marvin a speedy recovery and sh- show a little bit of love to Marvin. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing the bot score for Detroit. And all I saw was Marvin, you know, starting. And he only had a minute on the court. I was on, I was thinking, oh, man, it's an injury, isn't it? And lo and behold, it was. So... And it really is unfortunate. Like literally nothing happened on the play. He just took a weird step. And, and there you go. I, I, I hope he I hope he's okay. Like he just can't escape injuries. Like the, the main issue with him was injuries. Like he just could never just all randomly gets injured and then just gets off rhythm and doesn't get a chance to prove himself and you know improve. So let's see what happens. Um hopefully, you know, he's able to bounce back and just have a really successful season. Yeah, let's hope so for sure. All right, with all the basketball stuff out of the way, we're now we finally get to the part where you all came for. House of the Dragon, episode eight. Now, what happened? Uh, so the king is basically almost dead uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the episode. Um, the uh, Damon and Rhaenyra basically visit him, just see the sorry state that he's in. Uh, apparently, he's been put under milk of the poppy, which is essentially a sleeping pill if i remember right i forgot what it specifically does it's like a sleeping pill and, uh, and oh go ahead oh no i, I at first i thought it was just straight up drugs <laughs> like, or, like I, anesthesia even like it basically just kind of numbs the person i think yeah when i heard poppy i thought of like you know heroin or something <laughs> probably something along those lines anyway it's made it basically just made the king suffer like he can, he can barely like speak. He barely knows where he is. Can barely tell who's there. Um, what was what's her name? Allison comes in and greets them. Um, Renera and Damon are not happy about it. And then I believe it then skips to uh Allison talking to a girl who basically implied she's been raped by uh Aegon, I believe. Yeah, Aegon. Yeah. So. Then they have her drink the moon tea. Now, if you're wondering, this is the same tea that Renera drank a few few episodes ago. So, do you know what this is? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much a Plan B in a way, I guess. Yeah, um, basically uh, abortion tea. Is yeah, essentially what it is. Uh, so they have her drink that. And then he goes to confront Aegon. Uh, I don't remember what the next scene is, actually. I, should, I really should take, start taking notes in these episodes. But yeah, but pretty much up to that point, I, I to be honest, I thought the queen was going to kill, <laughs> kill her in terms of uh, whatchamacallit, knowing too much. Or, you know, she was in the wrong place in the wrong time, which is not her fault, but 
I wouldn't be surprised knowing the queen that she would, you know, kill her off. Look, I'll say this. If that were Cersei, Cersei would kill her for sure. <laughs> I wish I knew what that meant. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I believe the next scene is um, the Rhaenyra's kids go to the courtyard and they see a a mond now all grown up with the most evil chin i've ever seen just <laughs> just like the ch- like do you know who antonio Inoki is oh yes i do. <laughs> that yeah. that man has the like biggest chin i've ever seen it, it's it's that level of chin just evil looking and you know he has a badass eye patch he looks evil just perfect casting uh, for Amon, who has grown up now, and also the kids have all grown up a little bit. Apparently, they're around 1722 at this point, which is pretty crazy. Um, anyways, we see uh, Amon. He he beats Sir Kristen in, in a bit of a spar, so like he's a dangerous enemy. And then, before they can get into a fight, the Sea Snake's brother, I believe they, they bought? They gone? I forgot what his name is. <sighs> I, I forgot too, but I know who you're talking about. So like Cor- Corliss is the sea snake's uh, name. His brother is basically trying to usurp the throne. He's sit- instead of like one of Rhaenyra's kids taking the throne because they have a uh, right of inheritance, quote unquote, uh, to take the throne. But the brother wants to take the throne for himself because he knows he knows that those kids are not of his his lineage. So he goes to the court and they have a, he has an agreement with Alicent and the uh was it the high towers to basically say, yeah, you can get the you can get the uh was it the sea the sea crown? Oh fuck, what was it called? I've already forgot what it's called. It's it's been oh, it's been a minute, so I don't remember either. Oh, anyways, the, he he get he gets the sea snake's throne. Um so they have an they have an agreement and they don't um well, they have an agreement, so like they basically go to the court to you know talk about it, and Allison, it you know, is basically uh, t- taking the king's place because the king Viserys is in no shape whatsoever to you know be a king, so she's taken over. So she tries to they 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 both make their case, and they look like they're about to everything's about to go into the sea snake's brother's way, and then all of a sudden Viserys comes over. It really struggles to get to the throne. And then, long story short, he ends up giving Renera the Renera and the kids the throne. And the brother is enraged. He calls the sons bastards and calls Renera a, a whore. And that's when Amon just cuts his fucking face off. Uh you mean Damon? Damon, sorry. <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean, I just hate how the queen and the high towers took over the king after you know his sickness. Because if you didn't notice, or if you watched the uh, post credits about the explanation, they changed the whole castle around. It used to be like all about the dragons and the what you call it Targaryens. Now it's all about like whatever the high tower stuff is around. They fa- they found Game of Thrones Jesus, and that's what happened. I, what does that even mean? <laughs> they found God. Fuck you, oh. thinking me. <laughs> I I wasn't sure what that meant at first. To be honest, man, one of these days I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make a joke that somehow makes you laugh. Actually, so, anyways, go ahead. So I mean, 
Yeah, it's just, uh, gosh, I, it just makes you hate Allison more and more because it's like she thinks she's all this, but you know. Hey, 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 she's wearing green, okay? Was green wearing- means a lot. I, I actually don't know. I think she was. Hmm. But anyway, um, oh, great. What was I about to say? Yeah, how you hate Allison. Yeah. And, you know, the king kind of pretty much settled everything years ago before all these time skips that, hey, Renera is next in line. You got to take it from her. But, you know, it should have happened, to be honest, when the king got sick, where Renera takes over the throne. But I guess it just had to take this long until, uh, you know, spoiler words, the king dies at the end of the episode. Well, like the thing, I guess, uh, I, well, like, let, let's recap the the middle, <laughs> the little bit of the middle uh, between <laughs> yeah. he dies. So that the next scene is uh, a family dinner that the king wants uh, to have. At the king, at the dinner, he reveals the mask, like under, like he's basically wearing a half mask during the uh, throne room scene. And he reveals that basically he's just straight up rotting right now. Like he doesn't have, he looks like Two-Face, basically. He doesn't have an eye anymore. Like it, like half of his face is literally just the skull at this point. And, you know, he's basically making a plea saying like, can we please put, put away our petty, stupid ass differences and just be a family again? And yeah, like it's a, it's a great, it's a great message. And like for a moment, like Renera and Allison make up and the kids like settle down. But then as soon as the king leaves, the sons make some snarky comments to each other and it it, it devolves into a brawl that has to be broken up. Uh, yeah, all about a pig, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, and you know, like, you know, just again, just pettiness. Like just hitting the Amon, I will say, made, made some pretty great lines with the, you know, essentially the strong pun. Like that was that was a brilliant line. Evil, yeah. but brilliant. I mean, that side of the family is pretty evil, not going to lie. Yeah. And then, however, I will say, like, credit to, I think it was Jace using the Uno reverse card on on Aegon. Like, Aegon's just this horny asshole trying to hit on, maybe hit on another guy's wife. And then, guess what? One of the kids decides to hit on his wife, who he never <laughs> pays attention to. So, good good on him for using the Uno reverse card there. Not good. Why? Is, is it his wife uh i meant uh aegon or amon i forgot aegon is the one with the wife yes i think i thought that was the sister not gonna lie Uh, well that's the wife that's how this works that's how this works oh dear god (laughs) you know my teacher once like made a joke about incest i won't say i won't say which state but where he came from uh family reunions were like prom ew Okay. Yeah. So just just think of it that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't have to uh, combine real life into uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Anyways, yes, it devolves into a brawl, and and then basically it goes back into the king's throne room. Uh, Allison is basically comforting him, and then he, um, Viserys goes into a conversation saying that Aegon is the one that's going to save the realm. And Alicent, because his her son is also named Aegon, but earlier in the episode when they first, when Rhaenyra and Daemon first meet uh, Viserys, 
they show him a son named Aegon. So <sighs> this is where things kind of get fucked up a little bit because now Allison thinks that her son is the one that needs to ascend the throne and not the other Aegon. Now, if you now if you are confused about the names, you're not the only one. This is very, very confusing, but it's supposed to be a double meaning because the, the Rhaenyra's Aegon is supposed to want, be the one that ascends the throne, but um, Allison has a fuckboy son that is going to ascend the throne now because her son is also named Aegon. Yeah, it was confusing at first, and what you call I watched this with a friend, so he kind of explained the meaning of both Aegons for you know the future episodes of Game of Thrones. And not gonna lie, I'm still a little confused because you know this um song of fire and ice, I believe won't happen for years on end, not in their lifetimes for sure. And it didn't really matter anyway at the end of it, right? Why would I know? Why would I know? <laughs> I didn't read the books, so no, um, I, I wouldn't know. Did you read the books? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, I, I won't know. I wasn't have to watch this. I guess I can do some research on the wikis and get spoiled, but you never know if the director is going to go that way, you know? Or maybe, are the books even out? Like, has it ended, is what I mean. That, I don't know. I'm pretty sure George R. R. Martin's going to write more and more until... I don't know when end until I guess people stop giving him money. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, like ultimately, I think it's a, I, you know, every episode has been great so far, and like this, you know, like in, they explained it in the post credits, like just the meaning of every scene. Like Viserys is the glue that brings the families together, but now that he's gone, they're destined to go to war, and you know, it's it like. Last episode, Renera basically placed her stake on the inheritance by marrying Damon because Damon is now the guy that can that will give her legitimacy. And Allison, being the queen, has a has a certain like um, level of legitimacy to the throne as well. So like, you know, war will inevitably inevitably break out, and you know, just it, that's gonna be where the story is gonna head to. Even though we all want a happy ending, but we know it's not coming. No, yeah, no one Game of Thrones is not gonna happen. Well, watching Game of Thrones, you you kind of you you know that this is not gonna go well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's hope for the best. But yeah, to be honest, who knows what's gonna happen? Are you gonna Are you excited for the few? Uh, probably the inevitable showdown, but between Amon and Damon. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. It's like it's gotta be Damon, uh, what you call fighting Amon, and not you know one of Rhaenyra's sons because they're they're not uh, what you call they're weak. Yeah, they're not ready. I don't think they've trained at all, to be honest. And also, they're small. <laughs> yeah, like literally, Amon and Damon are like mirrors of each other. Not gonna lie, if 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 I. If we ever saw Damon's, um, whatchamacallit, childhood bring up, it's going to be like Amon's. Yeah, so like that's basically going to be probably a tease of the final battle. And then, of course, like the rest of the political war. And, and again, it's it, like the political war between uh, Rhaenyra and Allison. And again, th- like in the post credits, they talk about 
the reason they were able to reconcile is because they were once best friends. There was that past between them. The, the mm-hmm. reason why the kids like just completely turn sideways on each other, they never had that past. And it's another reminder that kind of the ultimate, the ultimate message of the story is like just how power can just kind of corrupt everything, including, you know, lifelong friendships at that point. Yeah, sadly enough, I think power is going to bring a factor into this uh, because it doesn't seem like Allison's going to let go of uh, her egg on being the next line in front of the throne, sadly. Well, yeah, that's basically where it's going to head. And again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know where this is actually going to end. Mm-hmm. I guess we shall see. All right. Okay. Well, that's our review of uh, Game of Thrones episode or House of the Dragon episode eight. Again, good episode. Just, I just, I'm going to be very sad by the end of the season when they say we're going to wait a year for the next season. Mm, yeah. Hopefully, it's not another time skip. Not going to lie, because I each time skip, I'm already like try to catch play catch up with all the new faces of uh, each character. And yeah. uh, you know, credit to the House of Dragon. Um, I guess. Uh, actors and actresses they really fit like each and every um timeline for sure i'm still getting used to ranera like you know ha- just having millie alcock that whole time like we like i finally warmed up to her and then they changed it to the to this new actor and then this new actor is really good it's mm-hmm. just i'm still i'm still used to seeing millie alcock for ranera mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean it is what it is I mean, hopefully the times get slowed down, but by the looks of it, it they're trying to force a, an end to the season. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Well, I don't think so. Going to be watching the, whatchamacallit, Kings versus Lakers game tomorrow, right? We are definitely going to be watching it. That's for sure. Okay, well, uh, so... What else is there to talk about? Yes, yeah, so Lakers, uh, Lakers Kings tomorrow. Hopefully, we can get you something in between. I'm still deciding on what that's going to be, or we're just going to wait till opening night. We'll see. Uh, by and by getting you something in between, I'm thinking of a Naruto episode, but you know, full disclosure to you guys, I've just been very lazy about watching them, so <laughs> watching the episodes to review them. Fong has already finished them, I just I'm, I'm just lazy. Maybe I'll finally find that strength to do it this weekend, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> if, if there isn't an, an episode in between, that's why. And Owen just could not find the energy to watch those four episodes of uh, Naruto because I already did mm. episode 26. I just have not found the energy to get up and watch the rest of it. So if you guys don't get uh, an episode in between, uh, we will see you. Um, well, we, you'll be hearing from us after opening night. So you know, hopefully we'll see you guys or you'll, yeah, we'll see you guys there. And, you know, hopefully you guys can't wait to hear us talk about Kings basketball again. Yep. Well, we'll see you guys later. <laughs>